Robert Beardley's here, and welcome to the Spark Show, where we got comedy, news, and two forgettable digs. With Sparks, you've got tiny wrists. Pike hates French toast and your children. And you, the committee. Yo, what up, fucker? Subscribe now and become a committee member. Let's rock. That's what I'm talking about. Why, good morning, Pike. Good morning, boys. Cheers, mate. And jazz. Cheers, cheers. All right. Hey, did you see that? You see that one movie that uh, I believe Channing Tatum was in? It was the White House Down, or there, there was two identical movies that were made about the White House being taken over by terrorists. Yeah, they came seen either of those roughly around the same time. Did I see yeah. either? I saw both, of course. Oh, great! Well, the one with uh, James Woods, I think it was the one with Jamie Fox and uh, and Channing Tatum. But there, there's a, the scene where James Woods like turns bad guy, and he's trying to find Channing Tatum, and he like opens his door, and Channing's down there, and he goes, "Good morning, boys." <laughs> <laughs> like that's a that's his like bad guy uh, greeting. Uh, <laughs> so we have, I don't know why that this is one of those stupid lines that like sticks with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Always <laughs> at, my friends and I always like take it way over the top. It's like, good morning, boys. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Pure evil has just opened the door. <laughs> James Woods fucking gangly ass. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, boys. <laughs> uh, I feel like action films all have that kind of... Yeah. Like, they know what they're doing. You know, and they know that, oh, this is ridiculous. Let's throw it in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, it's always they're all for the memes. The yeah. Oh. Too great. Yeah. Too I great. All I can do is I can try to find that scene and then we can have it I could fire it off when we play the opening of the show. You know, wouldn't that oh be nice? Oh my god! That would, yes, that would be. That would be a delight. Play if that it's clip. possible. Yeah. All right. Let me write it down. Good morning. James okay. Woods is gonna make. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's such like an obscure scene. I I don't know if it's even on YouTube. You know, it's not like one of the YouTube clips you can just find easily. Mm-hmm. Is that that one was White House Down? Right, I forget the, uh, yeah. the other one was with was it Russell? Not Russell Crowe. Was it Russell or Gerard no. Butler? Gerard Butler, yeah. Olympus yeah. has fallen. That's the one. That was good too. They were both pretty lukewarm, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like, good isn't just just a serviceable action film. Serviceable like, action <laughs> film is a great way yeah. to put it. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, good morning, boys. That's, uh, I think we can find a new way to say good morning on this show. It is a comedy finance show. And we're going to start with James Wood saying good morning, boys. As he opens the door. Now, now I'm nervous that we're going to find the clip and I've just exaggerated so much 
over the years that it's just him going, good morning, boys. <laughs> I hope not. It's been a while. <laughs> good morning, boys. And that boys. would make it even better. Where it's just, <laughs> it's yeah. like sleepy James Woods. Oh. Good morning, boys. It's like he's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Walking to go get his coffee in the morning. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm excited, dude. Okay. I'm excited for today's show. It's a comedy finance podcast. If it's your first time here, thanks so much for being here. We now commit, consider you part of the committee, right? The committee helps decide things that happen here on the show. So it is a very important thing. Oh, we've got a visitor. Morning. Uh-oh. My daughter. Who's that? In her oh. jammies. Okay. Oh, let's see the jammies. All right, this might be. Oh, here she is. Oh my gosh! Say hi. This is a what? Hello. That's the cutest oh, human in the world. My wife is on the phone. <laughs> on the and phone. They, <laughs> oh no! Oh sweet. Oh, you might hear cry, oh. crying commence in three, two, one. My daughter has now learned how to open doors. So this uh -oh. is this is where we live now uh, in the world of. <laughs> Any door isn't locked. It's now open, you know? Yeah. And they're coming in, I'm sure. Oh, they're Watch always. This. Yeah. It might happen Go to the bathroom. Don't care. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't care. Let me see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awful. Ash trash booty cheeks. And that's what my daughter's first words uh, were. Because she <laughs> saw what, uh, what I look like getting another shower. <laughs> Why harsh criticism? I know. I was like, you know what? I don't need that flack from you, young lady. So it's a comedy finance show. I already said that, and I'm all thrown off here. Doesn't you get it? All right, got it. Ha ha is funnies plus a little bit of a little enough fiber, enough protein in this uh podcast just to keep you sustained for a little bit. But we do do it live over there. I said do do over there on YouTube. Dot com slash sparks radio. So if you can hit the subscribe button, thumbs up, really do appreciate it. More importantly, I am throwing this in more importantly because most people listen to the show instead of watch it. If you can leave an Apple podcast review, it, it is monumental when you do that. You take the time out, give us five stars, say whatever you want in the review, and we'll read it back here on the air during a segment we call comment investing. All right. It's a huge thing. We really do appreciate it. That right there is at Pike Taylor Radio on all social media. Make sure you give him a follow. He's a good dude. Huge, huge White House being attacked fan. I mean, boy, you were just oh, beside yourself wait. when that was a movie theme for a while. I wish they would have made four. I agree. I couldn't get enough. Couldn't yeah. get enough. It's all about that. It's all about that bunker in the basement, that, that secret safe room. You know what I mean? That's cool, mm -hmm. dude. You know that Only shit the president exists. knows about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So cool. I'm at Sparks Radio on all social media. Make sure you go and you give me a follow as well. We got a good one. A hot one today, Pike. One that I think you will resonate with, especially because you're not a homeowner. We're going to be talking about buying your first home as if it's an investment. So um, <laughs> if I was given this advice years ago, I'd have so much more money. It would have been so awesome to do. So 
I'm telling you, this is good sound sage wisdom right here. We're going to be spouting off in a little bit. Plus, we got the news that matters coming on up here. Before we can get to any of that, Pike, let me ask you this. Sure. How many, on average, milkshakes do you think you drink a year? Hmm. I got to Are we going to count, like, blizzards? Absolutely. That's that's not, yeah. it's not even a milkshake, dude. That's like a, a you're eating like a pint of ice cream when you eat a blizzard. Oh, I, I know, but we're yeah. gonna count that in my my total number here. Sure. Okay. Because yeah. I eat the I, I don't I don't often get like shakes or milk. You know, I love shakes, but I I would get a blizzard. Uh, God, probably once a month. I'm gonna go with twelve. Twelve. <laughs> yeah, I go twelve. I would love to every day. And as a kid, I did eat one every day. Every night before bed, we'd make shakes. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's why I was, why I struggled with my weight. And I know you you did, you say you did as well, but that was why. Yeah. Just because I was eating ice cream. You know how many calories? Like, it's the most disgusting thing in the world to see how many calories are in just a medium blizzard. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like 2,000. It's like Dude. a whole day. I, when you're like ignorant and like dumb on something, life is pretty blissful because dude, my wife is like a, a baker, right? She's a pastry chef by yeah. trade. And so I asked for buttercream frosting one time on a cake because I love buttercream frosting and I didn't know what that means. Delicious. Dude, that's just like whipped butter. You're just eating butter. <laughs> when you mm -hmm. have buttercream frosting, <laughs> I was like, "Wait a That's minute!" Why it's so good? <laughs> it's amazing. But I, you're just, you're. It's essential. I mean, there's other stuff, but it's essentially butter. So you're just spreading butter on cake. <laughs> like no, like that's what I mean. When you bring it out like that, I was like, I am so disgustingly gluttonous right now. I'm just eating cake with butter on top of it. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's but that's a treat. You got you got to be able to, to look past that, you know. Yeah, I agree. It's like a it's like the chef one time I was taking a cooking class, and he said, "Listen, if you're gonna make a burger, it was how to make a perfect burger." He's like, "And you're trying to, you know, not have fat or worry about that." He's like, "Don't eat a fucking burger, then, okay? We're gonna make this with a bunch of fat because it makes it taste better." Absolutely. If you're going to go for it, just go for it. Don't eat half a donut. Don't eat a quarter of a donut. I mean, unless you're like yeah. sampling other types of donuts. But you know what I mean? If you're like, I want, I'll cut out this because I'm going to eat 30 different types. You know, I get that. But yeah, anybody who just eats half a donut and puts it back, I'm like, no, oh. I want to limit myself. I want to limit myself. It's like, just eat the donut. It's a donut. <laughs> just eat it. <laughs> Yeah. You've already oh, blown it, your diet eating half. What are you doing? Yeah. At the office, they're just disappearing section by section. People just cutting little pieces off of everything. Oh, it's the worst. So gross. I know. What are you doing? What are you, bye bye, buddy. I had an audience there for a second. My son came in just Cute. was observing. I know. It's like Is there anything cuter than a little like little kid coming out, like waking up, pajamas? Like that's just adorable. Just, you just want to cuddle them, don't you? Yeah. No, that's true. They are very uh, snuggly, yes. And they're all bedhead, right. half-eyed open, looking around. Uh, 
Yeah. It's heartwarming. It is. It is. Well, there you go. That's it. That's my question. Finish. Twelve milk milkshakes a year. Why? Why did your parents let you make milkshakes every night? What was your parents' ice cream budget? Jesus Christ. Uh, it was when I was young. I think they were going through a divorce, so they just like kind of weren't. Oh, <laughs> they were like, thinking about that. Let the kid eat his milkshakes. <laughs> you got other stuff going on. Whatever. <laughs> oh, they, and they were big too. It was like an entire like huge water glass he would use. Filled with ice cream, milk poured in there, Hershey syrup. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so good, though. <laughs> it's like your after work beer. It's like you're like, rough day at the office. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> milk mustache coming across the top lip. I'm, I'm just going to have one, though. That's it. 2,000 calories. That's right. awesome. Well, it was, was awesome. Let me ask you this. Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Sorry. If you could only shave one part of your body for the rest of your life, you could only pick one. Which one would it be? Hmm. I was talking like, like my face is now like shaved. Skin, like down to the skin, or are you talking about just trimmed? Well, whatever you want to do, but that's the only part of your body you can touch with the razor or clippers. Oh, uh, okay. The rest the rest of the body goes unfurled. Okay. Can't touch it. I mean, you gotta keep everything in in, in, in working order in uh your well, nether ideally. regions. You know what I mean? I mean that's really important. But your face is something everyone sees all the time. Exactly. So, what would have what would happen to your face if you never touched it again? I'd think? grow the ugliest, disgust, most disgusting beard you've ever seen in your life. Like right. it's pathetic, it's gross, it's very wispy. It's not okay. my mustache is solid, but it's white. You know, it's like a super blonde, weird, I own a van, come sit inside it, mustache. It's gross. It should not be grown. Um, I've never seen it, so I don't know. That's probably oh. No, I've, gr I've grown mustache, and it's there, but most people can't see it because it's so, like, whitish blonde. It's disgusting. E. Yeah. That's tough on the ego. Uh, but then again, you can't have your... Nether regions look like an Amish right. guy's face. So. <laughs> Is there any other body parts before we go too far? Like anything else you're considering? No, I don't really shave anything else. Okay. Armpits, feet. Is that just I mean, me? I've trimmed because it gets out of control up here. You know what I mean? It shoots forward. It like yeah. it comes when forward on my body. Top. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that. But it like creeps yeah. out from my shirt. You know what I mean? I don't like that. You don't mm -hmm. want that. But it's not like I go, I don't go bare, you know, on it. So I'm gonna go with, uh, I'm gonna go with my face. All right. Uh, I feel like that's the most important thing at the moment. Yeah. What I mean, would it stop? Would it cease growing at some point down down below? If you gave up? I would sure hope so. What would that look like by the time you died? Like Rapunzel. <laughs> it would be just yeah. like... 
<laughs> he'd be coming out of my pant legs. Yeah. Hey, hey, bro, your shoe's untied. Oh, wait. It's just your pubic beard coming out of your fucking jeans. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got the Nike Wizards on. That's what. <laughs> Gross. Every, every shoe looks like an Ugg boot. It's awful. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, I would hope it stops. If not, I would I would have to braid it, you know, and tie it around my waist or something. Yeah. Yeah, braids would work. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, you know, look like uh, Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch. That beard. He's got, like, dread beard, you know? Oh, yeah. Look like that octopus guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, he's just got that all down there, and he just tie it all up. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, yeah. what about you? Yeah. I would do the, the face. Gotta do the face, yeah. Yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool for a while to have a big beard, but I don't think that's a... I can com couldn't commit to a lifetime of being a beard guy. No. Neither could I. Yeah. Neither could I. All right. Well, thank you for your... I'm uh, finished. I mean, captivating questions, Pike. Oh, I really yeah. do appreciate it. Hey, shout out to Sp uh, Space Hippie. 1969 is here. There you go. There you go. Shout out to you, Space Hippie. Thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. This is really cool. Thanks for watching live. Let's get to the damn show, shall we? Huh? Let's get to okay. it. Okay. Pike, you're not a homeowner, right? Nope. Just a big loser renting an apartment. Do you feel like a loser because you're city. renting? No, I feel like there's a stigma with it. Like, you know, when you're talking among friends and it's like, I always tell people, it's like, you know, it's not like I, like I couldn't, you know, No, I have exactly, a, I make a yeah. I make a living wage. My credit score has recovered nicely from the, the Home Alone 2 incident <laughs> eight years ago. <laughs> so it's like I could, but it was just career-wise. It, it never made sense. And it, Well, maybe it did. Who knows? Maybe hindsight, yeah, I should have bought one six years ago in Fargo, North Dakota. Probably be crushing it, but alas, I didn't. I mean... So may, you never know, right? You never know if you would be crushing it or you'd... Yeah. You know, I mean, the housing market historically goes up, but at the same time, it doesn't always go up. And we know that from 2008, right? What happened there definitely didn't go up. That housing, the housing bubble popped, right? The subprime mortgage loans and all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I, I love real estate. I, in my opinion, it's one of the more safer bets, but it's still a bet. So you don't know that for sure. So, and I, I kind of agree with you that there's a stigma of renters don't have their, you know, stuff in order. You kind of have that, exactly. that whole thing where you feel like, oh, I'm not a real adult because I'm renting, you know, and that's not, I, I don't, I don't think that that's true or that should happen. Cierro Puerto Porfa. I, Thank you. Oh. Sorry. I love <laughs> Yeah, you speak Spanish to your son. It's amazing. Yeah, well, I try. Uh, so what do you think? Renting, not a bad idea in my opinion. How do you feel? I, how do you feel as a renter? No, uh, I know. Well, there's a lot of benefits, you know? Like, I get, I'm living right downtown in the city. I got all, all the amenities are fantastic. You don't have to worry about, you know, my a little piece on my dishwasher broke, so they're just going to replace the whole dishwasher. Like, 
one day I'll just get a knock on the door and they're going to put a dishwasher in. You know, it hasn't happened yet. It's been yeah, two months is- since they told me they were going to do that. But. <laughs> I was going to do it. what is going on with that dishwasher? They said that they would uh, fix that thing. Yeah, I should probably fire off an email one of these days. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just hand washing every dish for the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Stefano is here. Stefano says, hello from Dubai. Maharab? Hello. Is that how you say that? Maharab? It- Mara? Marahab? And it's Maharab. I am Ma. Rahab. Marahab. Marahab. Yeah. Marahab. Well, good morning, boys. Is that a city? <laughs> good good morning, boys. If you've missed the beginning of the whole <laughs> That's a new, thing we new intro we're doing on the show. Uh anyway. Good morning, boys. Morning, boys. Hey, uh, I agree with you. The stigma sucks and it shouldn't happen because you're right. There is a lot of benefits to renting your first place. And it's uh look, I mean in in a job where you're moving around a lot, I think it makes a lot of sense to rent because you got to think yeah. like buying a house is a huge commitment and we're going to get to the reason why it's a big commitment here coming up in a, in a second. But a lot of people, they're thinking about buying their home. I think home sales are up uh, over year. Over a year, they keep going up. And right now, home prices keep, keep going up because a lot of people are because of the pandemic, they're staying put. Then a lot of people, yeah. they, they don't know what's going to happen. So they're staying put Two, a lot of people are looking to move out of a rental place and into a home because they want more space as they're spending more time at home. Uh, so people aren't selling more people are looking. That means inventory is low and the demand is high. So mm-hmm. you have prices rising. For properties. So it's a kind of a difficult time to buy on top of being a first time home buyer, which is already insane. It's an, it's a crazy thing. You're thrown into a whole world where you feel like the sharks are already swimming, man. Like everybody already knows what's going on. And you're like walking in. It's like your first day in prison. You're like, ah, which, <laughs> which is my bunk? You know, you're looking around. And the guys, if dude's in there for life, bro, he's already been there. You know what I mean? So right. here, yeah, it's kind of like, oh shit, what's happening now? And they start throwing all these terms and then you have, you know, a real estate agent helping you out, which is nice. But then you're like, they get paid off of a commission, which they're going to be pushing me towards the more expensive homes. How much can I afford? Blah, 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 blah. So today's show, what I wanted to do was... Talk about going into your first home purchase as if you're an investor. We talked about it on yesterday's episode. We thought it was a great idea because already if you go in with an investor mindset as your first home, the goal would be to, you're, most people when they move in their first home, it's called a starter home, right? It's a smaller home. It's not your final big purchase where you're going to raise a family and Right. You have a more complicated mortgage structure or lending process in this whole thing. First time home buyers usually start with a smaller, okay, let me get a grip on what it's like to own a home. And then we'll move up there. We'll move up as my family grows or I can find a better deal or blah, 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 blah. So this specifically is pretty niche first time home buyer 
but you're thinking about buying a home, let's treat it as if it's an investment. And I'm talking about that from a real estate investment stance. A lot of realtors, or I keep saying realtors, but real estate agents will say, oh, it's an investment. Your home is an investment. And I'll tell you what, most financial people, they don't say it's an investment. Your your home itself, not really a true investment because you're not turning a profit on the whole thing. You're hoping for appreciation. So what I when I'm saying buying your first home from an in real estate investor mindset, you're literally buying it from a tried and true investment that will hopefully turn a profit. Before I get going though, I do want to say, look, Pike and I are not CPAs. We're not financial planners. We're not financial professionals. We're just idiots with a podcast, okay? So do your own research, consult a professional, talk to your real estate agent, talk to a CPA. I highly suggest all that. We are not recommending any of this, right, Pike? I certainly am not, no. I'm not. I'm not recommending any of it. In fact, I would do the opposite. This is a fun entertainment podcast. (laughs) So- Let's get to it, okay? Because this is how I would uh, this is how I would do it, Pike. Okay. You go in the buying home, tons of complicated words and terms, thousands of homes you're walking through. You're like, will it ever end? You put in offers. Offers get rejected. You feel rejected. Everything sucks. People are swooping in with cash. They're gobbling up homes. You're like, oh my god, this is taking forever, right? It doesn't have to be that way. And here's why, because you're gonna go in with that investor mindset and you're gonna look at a a couple specific criteria. First thing, we learned about it yesterday, the 1% rule. It's just a, it's not really a rule, it's more of a guideline, kind of a rule of thumb. Can you explain it, Pike? Do you you now know what the 1% rule is? Do you you remember what it is? Very familiar, I slept on it, so it's kind of, it's simmered in my brain. But one percent basically, you take the cost of the the home. You're more, you know. So let's say it's two hundred thousand dollars, and to determine whether you're going to be able to make a profit on that as a rental property, uh, your monthly rent you charge needs to be at least one percent of that, the cost of the home. So for two hundred thousand dollars, it's two thousand dollars a month rent. If it's anything, if it's a thousand nine hundred and ninety nine, get no, nope, don't even think about it. It's going to be real tough to turn a profit on that. Exactly. So you you look at the 1% rule. Exactly, Pike. You you crushed it. I couldn't say it any better myself. And already you just took out, dude, you just took out like thousands of homes (laughs) off the board (laughs) of you looking to buy your first one. Okay. It's really, and that's good. I don't want you to think that's a bad thing because you're If you're trying to look at every home, you're never going to find one that's going to work out perfectly. If you narrow your field, that's how you'll be able to find the best house within your parameters. Okay, so already you're going to start with your budget. How much can you afford this? That's basic stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about start with the homes that are that have that that meet the one percent rule at least. So. Mm Basically, what that's going to do is it's going to knock out a bunch of neighborhoods because neighborhoods are all pockets of either really nice or really bad or really mediocre, really working class, right? It's very rare that you have neighborhoods that are 
million dollar home on one street, the next street over, they're being tore down because they're meth houses. The next street over, they're million dollars. They're, you know what I mean? Normally, now, neighborhoods can be get it going through, you know, gentrification. And that could be happening. And that might be a great place to invest. But you are going to eliminate a bunch of neighborhoods once you start looking at the 1% rule. So that's probably pretty good because it's a first time home buyer. Generally, you don't have a lot of money and you can't afford the super rich places that has Saks Fifth Avenue on the street corner with, you know, a Tiffany and an Apple store and all these things that are on the, on the same block. That's really an A-class neighborhood. That's the creme de la creme. Okay. You're going to find a ton of 1% houses possibly in the hood where the homes are, you know, here in Cleveland, I can buy, I can go into the hood and I can buy a $30,000 home. Like it'll be a dilapidated mess that should be condemned and there'll be drugs being run out of it. And I can charge rent for a thousand bucks and somebody will sign that lease and nobody will pay me. So it'll, it'll just be me <laughs> trying to chase down rent checks that'll never come. So you don't want that either. So start with the 1% rule. Find out the nicest neighborhood that you can afford that'll give you the 1%. Okay. Already we just knocked out a bunch of a bunch of homes. So you're not being inundated with showings. Two, it's called the live-in flip. And this is something that I think is absolutely brilliant. Okay. The live and flip. It's your first time you're buying a home. A lot of people will go into a home pike and they'll go, I want granite countertops and I want stainless steel appliances and I want a jacuzzi tub and I want tile floors and I want a big backyard for my dog and I want a neighborhood that's walkable and I want good schools and I yeah guess what so does everyone everybody wants that house <laughs> you don't think everyone watches Chip and Joanna Gaines okay we all love shiplap we all see it okay I want Pier 1 just to explode in my living room as well. All right? I get it. We all want it. We all want a beautiful home. I don't care how poor you are. You look at this. We all watch the same shows. It's always some beautiful. You're like, oh, God, look at those cabinets. Mm, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. First time home buyer, you're going to walk in. Not getting that. Not buying that. Don't buy that. That's a waste of cash. And here's why. When you live in the house, it's going to help you out in several ways, which I'm going to get to. But the live-in flip, you hear about people flipping homes. They go in, they get a mortgage, they flip it, they turn around, they pay off that mortgage immediately so they don't have to carry. They have like very few carrying costs. But if you live in it, okay, yeah. for two years... You don't have to, and it's your primary residence for two years. Once again, consult with the professional, uh, uh, like a, probably a tax professional on this one. You live in a property for two years. It's treated as your primary residence. And after two years of living in it, you don't have to pay 
capital gains tax when you go to sell. All that money is yours, what you make on the sale of the home. So that's the live-in part. The flip part, as you're living in it, you fix up the property. So if you want granite countertops, you put in the granite countertops. If you want hardwood floors, you put in the hardwood floors. And what you're going to do is you're going to take the shittiest house that's already going to be renting. Say you get a three bed, two bath house in a neighborhood and it's a $200,000 house or uh, my first home was like 180 some thousand dollars. And at the time, I think it, it would rent for a thousand bucks. So it didn't, it wasn't meeting the 1% rule. But it not depends on your close. market. Were you, say what? Yeah, not even close, right? No, no, not even close. Yeah. However, the condition of the home was shitty. Nobody would rent this thing for, I wouldn't rent this thing for a thousand bucks. It was awful. There was, really? Dude, I feel like that's such a low number for any shit. Like, and I've been to your house. I've been to your house. Maybe it was post you fixing it up. But yeah. It was a nice home. Definitely post me fixing it up. It was, I'm okay. telling you right now, dude, it looked like someone changed the oil in the middle of the carpet in the living room. There was yeah. dog shit ground into the carpet and into the screens Yummy. of the door. Screen door of the sliding door. There was dog shit broken. Jeez. Dog scratches everywhere. It smelled. They were smoking in the house. Uh, things didn't work. Like appliances didn't work. The stove. We had to. We had to immediately get the stove out because it was a grease fire waiting to happen. It was just. I mean, the the house was trash. And I bought. It was a short yeah. sale. Was my house. However, I bought it knowing I was going to. Here's a great, here's the terminology. It's called forced equity or forced appreciation. So most people, when they go in and they buy a house, they want it totally done. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to put in the sweat equity, right? They don't want to do this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Use that as your advantage. Because if I say, hey, here's a $200,000 home. It needs about $20,000 worth of work. But after all said and done, it's going to be worth $300,000. So you're making 80 grand. Or okay. you can get that same house with the work already done and you pay $300,000. So would you want to pay $100,000 more for something that would cost you 20? It's like, uh, no, no. Yeah, no. Do the work yourself. You're now making that cash. Yeah, you have to spend a little bit to make a little, a lot more. So that's how it works, right? So when you go in and you force equity the home, you put in the new countertops. You put in new flooring. Yeah, oh, God. That's why all these people are like, we buy ugly houses because that's what they're doing, dude. They're putting in this stuff. They know a little bit of money here is going to mm -hmm. increase the value. You're not waiting for property value to go up by itself. So... There's a saying in rent, uh, real estate. It's called uh, appreciation is speculation. So when you when you sit there and wait, oh, hey man, buy a house because they always go up in value. You're speculating. Real estate is so hyper local. 
You don't know if your block is going to go up in value. You don't know if your city is going to go up in value. You don't know if the market in general is going to go up in value. All three of those things can vary. So you're not sure. The way you can guarantee it goes up in value is by putting value in. And that would be the what I call the, you know, the flipping part of the live and flip. So what you're doing with a live and flip is you're knocking out all that capital gains tax, which is great. You're essentially living rent free because you're paying the mortgage down while you're doing it. But also, since you're putting equity into the home, you're going to get that money back when you go to sell. Think about that, dude. You're netting free rent for two years. Beautiful. A after two years. Beautiful. Three, you're turning a profit because you're putting, you're fixing it up. You're putting money in. So, incredible. I always say, and, and four, by the way, if you have, like my wife is particular about what she likes and doesn't like in a home. I am too. I feel like she's, you know, has more of the designer eye. And I am like, yeah, whatever works, you know. However, yeah, you get to pick exactly what you want. You're going to go into houses. You're going to be like, oh, man. I mean, it's an okay kitchen. It's new, but it's not my color. It's not the color I would want the knobs to be. Mm. <laughs> you know? Right. You get to do everything exactly how you want it, which is a huge benefit in my opinion. So that's number two, live and flip. So 1% rule, live and flip. Number three, first-time homebuyer grant. I don't know why people don't use this, man. Most states... And again, you're going to have to Google it depending on where you live. Most states, there is an incentive if you're a first-time homebuyer. And grant money means free money, not a loan, which means you have to pay it back. So if you're living in a state, Google your state and then Google first-time homebuyer grant. And then because it's dependent on the state, they might have a program where you get free money. So, for example, I did this, and when I was I bought my house in Nevada, my wife and I each had to take, like, a course online from, I don't even remember who. If it was the mortgage company or if it was some kind of federal program or if it was a state-run program, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Which is probably, you know, not necessary, but, like, good. Yeah, you're probably learning. Yeah, it was like after 2000, you know, a crash. This we bought our house in uh, 2015, I think it was, like, if I remember correctly. And so, like the stings of the Great Recession were still around. And in order to do that, they want to incentivize people buying houses, but they also want to make sure that you understand how a mortgage works. So we took a class. It took us two hours each. So each of us did it, took two hours, we did it online, and they gave us like seven or $10,000 towards the down payment of our home. How much? I can't, it's like anywhere from seven to $10,000. Okay. So I was just Googling, because I know, and I'm sure you've heard about it too, but Biden's first time home buyer tax credit that he's trying to push through is $15,000. 15 grand? I mean, that's- 15 grand, I just- dude. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. And I just Googled it and it's now a, a bill officially. So it's begun the process, which if that goes through, damn. Damn. That's amazing. Damn, Gina. Yeah. Da yeah. Exactly. So you've got 15 extra thousand dollars sitting in your back pocket if you haven't bought a home before. 
if you if you got to go, I mean, Google it. I don't know what steps that will entail. And of course, it has to be passed and everything here right now. It's just a bill. But at the same time, that would be an incredible benefit that not everybody takes advantage of. So you're you see how you're starting to look at this now. OK, you're looking at after and I'm not saying when you go to sell, you don't have to sell because the benefit of the one percent rule is that after you fix it up is essentially what I'm getting at. After you fix it up and you lived in it, now you have an option. You can sell it and you can get all that money tax-free, which is nice. Or you can now rent it out, which now you can rent it out for an even higher price than you originally thought of as a 1% rule. And that will be cash flow uh, on top. So you'll we'll get to this whole thing when I start talking about rental properties. But you'll... You'll be able to turn a profit every single month from a home that you once lived in. And if you ever needed that money, you could sell and not get any capital gains tax. Dude, you're talking talk about operating from a position of power. You're making money, paying the mortgage down. You're also earning cash on top of that. And if you ever get, are in a pinch and need to sell, you get that money cash free or tax free. That is like boom, boom, boom. Not to mention tax benefits of like a depreciable uh, you could write off depreciation on your on your home every single year. Again, consult a tax professional. But I'm not talking about the value of the home. I'm talking about things inside in terms of taxes you can write off that depreciate. Pretty cool. I'll explain that when we talk more about rental properties. I got one more thing left on this when you're a first-time home buyer. If you really want to like okay. shoot steroids into this whole thing, and this is why people love real estate. It's because there's just leverage on all fronts here, right? I just explained those. There's one more, and that's the house hack. If you're a first-time home buyer and you're young and you're, I don't know if you have kids yet. Sometimes when you are a first-time home buyer, you don't have kids. Sometimes you're single. Um, Pike, you have a wife, but it's just you and your wife. You guys don't have any kids. There's, if you want to, like juice this thing it's called the house hack and that is where you buy a duplex triplex fourplex uh don't you can't go above a fourplex or else it becomes a commercial loan but even if you buy a single family home you can rent out a room and essentially you have part of your mortgage covered by someone paying rent whether that's in the same unit as you or a separate unit that you live in, like a duplex, but you own the whole thing. So that is that is a huge thing. If you have a roommate, also help accelerating pay down on the mortgage. You could do that, or you could just get extra cash, or they could pay the mortgage themselves. But if you're eliminating one of the three biggest chunks of like a money sucks out of your paycheck every two weeks. Your home being the most expensive thing, whether you rent or you buy, living expenses is the most expensive part of your budget. It's where the Absolutely. bulk of it goes. And if you right. can eliminate that by getting a roommate who pays your mortgage and you're also cash flowing, dude, you can either put your money, what you would normally pay down on the mortgage, have the roommate pay mortgage, and you end up paying off your house entirely in half the time. Oh, you are just. You're living it up, man. Amazing. Yeah, yeah that's 
that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's how- a lot more that goes into rental properties, which I'll go into in terms of like CapEx and, uh, uh, you know, what the 50% rule is and all this stuff, more rules. But, oh, Jesus. Yeah. But like expenses, you know, mortgage, taxes, insurance, all that stuff. So we'll start getting into uh, rental properties, which I absolutely I love. But you can see why I love them because there's so many advantages to buying a home and building your wealth because essentially you're leveraging that money via a mortgage. You don't have to put that much up. And as a first time home buyer, the advantages are huge. So there you go. Now, when you talk about like buying a home and then you're going to replace the cabinets and replace this and that, are you talking about literally you or are you hiring that out? Um, it depends. It depends. I mean, like in my life. Obviously cheaper if you're doing it. Yeah. Like you're doing right now. Yeah. You try to do as much as you can. That's the benefit of you living there and doing it and not being on anyone's timeline. And I'll tell you this, dude. I, you know, right now I have contractors. I have contractors at my rental property right now. I didn't even go there yesterday. I have to go see what they've done. You know, I I was like busy yesterday. Yeah. So I have painters they right now. On? They're painting the house. Painters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck painting though. I know. I hate painting, but <laughs> I can tell you what. Stupid. How much it costs compared to how much it costs you to do it. Yeah. So I hate painting. It's my least favorite thing in the world, but I painted my entire house. My first house. I painted it myself. I, I should say my That's wife up. did some as well. I don't want to take all the credit, but I did. That would say the vast majority, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all we've all done labor with our wives. Like, I mean, come on. I mean, they're <laughs> over there with the brush, but let's be <laughs> uh, so, dude, like, I mean, it's costing me. I I don't know, like five grand to paint the inside of this house, which I don't know what it's like Damn. if for other painters. Or, I mean, obviously, it depends on the size of the house, but it's like five grand, but it's also over a week and he's got a crew of people in there so it's kind of like you ever heard of like that triangle that says you have quality speed and cost pick it's a triangle and you can only get two of them you know triangle rule the old triangle yeah yeah it's like well if you want speed and quality it's gonna cost you if you want it cheap yeah. and quality, it's going to take a long time. If you want it uh, uh, cheap and fast, well, it ain't going to be quality. You know, like one of these things. So right. you can only have two. Uh, but um, I so he it's taking him a little bit longer, but I'm getting it. In my opinion, I'm getting a pretty good deal, and he's doing a great job. So when you get in terms of rental properties speed is an important thing and scheduling all these contractors because after the painter's done i got the floor guys coming in to refinish the floors to sand yeah. and stain restain and coat the floor and then is that something you considered doing yourself or that was just like not even gonna try it i if it was my home and i live there i absolutely yeah. would do it myself i know for a fact i would do it myself 100 percent Okay. Because 
I, what's the rush? I've been living here for two years. I'm going to rent the equipment. I don't even have to buy the equipment. I'll go, I'll go to Home Depot. I'll rent the sander. <coughs> I'll go to uh, YouTube. I'll learn how to do it. I'll try it. I'll fuck it up. I'll go back. I'll redo it. I'll get it done. I'll do it better this time. And uh, I'll stain. And I'll be, it'll be done in like two months. But that's two months out of two years. You know? Yeah. When, as a real estate investor, I'm not living there. I want this thing rented. I want money. I want this thing going so I can pull cash out of this property. And I can go get another one. Once this is rented... Then I can pull, start getting cash out of my investment and I can start looking for my next rental investment. So it's, it's, it's a business, but when you're living in it and you got, yeah. you got two years, you're like, dude, I'm here for two years. I'm here. So mm -hmm. let's make this thing worth more Then it's different. And I, I'd say do it all yourself as much as you can. It's really not as hard as you think. Is there finesse and skill? Absolutely. But Pike, you are you're a human with a brain and you can figure this shit Thank out. You. I guarantee it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You can do it. I think so too. I think so too. But like you said, definitely includes messing it up once. And then, you know, like every time I put a piece of furniture together, it's the same thing. You know, it's like, Oh shit. Put it on backwards. Try it again. Yeah. yeah. That's just it. Yeah. A pro could do it in 20 minutes. It'll take you 20 hours. That's the difference. But you're paying for their time. They're paying. You're paying right. for their time. That's the labor cost. They're all buying shit at Home Depot, dude. They're all going to Lowe's just like you. They're buying the same <laughs> spackle. They're buying the same, you know, uh, grout mix. You know, they're doing yeah. the same thing. They're buying. It's just you're paying for their talent, skill, and knowledge. And anytime you do get a person over, a plumber, a contractor... I always ask them a million questions. I'm right over their shoulder. I'm sure they hate it, but I'm here to learn, dude. So oh, yeah. I never have to call you again. <laughs> like I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm paying you to fix this pipe, but I'm also paying you to be my professor right now. What's going on? What are you doing? <laughs> Want me to hold the flashlight? Yeah, that's me. And you do learn a lot. Oh, I'm sure they love that. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You know what though? If you just ask people about what they do, people just love talking about what they do because no one, their families are sick of hearing about it. They're they're like, you know, they got no one to talk to. They love being able to oh, share God. their knowledge and show you that, hey man, this is me, dude. This is what I do for a living. You kidding me? I would love to tell you. They're usually very receptive. So that's it. There you go. Uh, just well, it's a all quick, very exciting. Quick recap say of my points. 1% rule, live in flip, first time homebuyer grant, and then house hack. And then you have just mm -hmm. set yourself up on a path of wealth from now till every home you've ever owned. Uh, Stefano says, oh man, now one of my favorite topics and I have to go outside 102 degrees Fahrenheit. Oof. That's brutal. Ooh. Yeah. Where was he Dubai. today? He's Dubai. in Dubai. Jesus. That's right. That's right. God, that sounds hot. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, I'm, I'm done. Not a great Dubai mind. All right, you're done. All right. Let's get to the... Uh... I'm done, too. Yes, this is the news that matters. Yes, this is the news that matters. Holy shit.
Cheers. What did I do? I got rid of my story here. Well, hey, did you see that Elon Musk is hosting SNL? Yeah, what do you think? Right now, as we speak, they're doing it on Tuesday morning. No, um, well, I think fine. You know, like just generally, I, I'm just not going to give a shit as much as uh, apparently some of the writers who have said that they're not fans, the fact that he is doing this. Bye. And so, you know, apparently he's, he's said some controversial things before. And so people are either uh, annoyed or upset. These are all the rumors that he's hosting. So what are your thoughts? You're a Elon Musk fan, aren't you? Yeah. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a fan boy because I agree. He said some real dumb shit uh, before. He can be like the dumbest smart guy. Yeah. It's just like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? What are you doing? What are you an idiot? I know his. I don't know if she's his wife or girlfriend. Grimes. What's the, Grimes. I think Grimes, it's his wife. Yeah. Grimes said he's just really immature, which I was like, oh yeah, no, that's. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way too smart and immature. It's like a deadly combination. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Duh. So, which I thought, okay, we all know that guy. We all know that immature, smart ass, uh, and actually intellectually pretty smart dude. They just don't happen to be the richest person in the world. As for the, uh, you know, his businesses and what he's done and all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, I think he's he's a genius. And uh, I think he's way smarter than most people. And I think he's the most ambitious person in the world. Yeah. Uh, however, these writers on SNL, give me a break. Shut up. Yeah, I, I don't want a person to host because they, they don't agree with me on everything. Shut it. I saw people I saying like, oh, he doesn't deserve to be on SNL. Really? Oh, because, oh, people deserve to be on SNL because they acted in a movie? Because they sang some song? Who who does and doesn't deserve to be on SNL? Like, it's your all holier-than-thou show. It's a sketch comedy show, dude. Uh, look, I... I think Saturday Night Live is very funny. I think it's a funny thing. But lately, there has been a weird stigma. Like, yeah, I can't. Like, oh, it's the holy grail of this and that. It's like, dude, what are you, ta what are you talking about? It's a sketch comedy yeah. show. You're making skits and bits. And surely, they've said some things bits. and done some things that are as dumb as the things he has said. Yeah. Over the years, you know. So, dude, yeah, I just think, dude, it's weird because comedy's in this weird place where it's like you almost have to have a political agenda first, and then you have to write comedy around that political agenda. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, I'm on this side, not on that side, before you can make a joke. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, making fun of Ben Shapiro is awesome, and I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot more fun, in my opinion, uh, making fun of a guy who says, you know, he can't make his wife wet, kind of a thing. Like that's hilarious. Like that's absolutely great. But at the same time, it's like, dude, can you just write? Can can we just write some comedy bits? Can we just bring some silly? I guess I like silly. 
I'm a silly I'm a fan. Silly guy too. I want Love some silly. silliness back. I just want some silliness back. I don't need, dude. What was that? What was that? Uh, like when Hillary Clinton lost the election, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I can't remember who's the guy who died. Also, uh, a famous uh, musician died right around the same time. And uh, one of the Saturday Night Live cast members, she dressed up as Hillary Clinton and was singing the song America or something while dressed as Hillary Clinton. And that was it. That was like the intro to Saturday Night Live. And I can't remember the guy. I know people are probably yelling at me about who died. He, didn't he sing America or what was the uh, Alleluia? Uh Leonard Cohen? Yeah, that's it. Leonard Cohen. Oh, really? Wow. She dressed up as... Hallelujah. Yeah. He's... Yeah. So she dressed up as Hillary Clinton and was singing Leonard Cohen's Alleluia as... And that was... <laughs> and they did it, like, straight. Like, they, what, they didn't change the lyrics as a joke. They didn't do anything. Just yeah. as, like, you tribute to the death of America and the death of Leonard Cohen and the death of an election <laughs> at the same time. It was like so bizarre. I was like, where are, and people were like, it just means a lot right now. It means a lot. It's like, what happened to Saturday Night Live? <laughs> like, dude, I love when they made fun of Trump. I loved it. I love when they make fun of Joe Biden and Jim Carrey's Joe Biden. Guys, it's supposed to be a silly comedy show. What, why are we making political statements? Oh, I don't know, dude. It I feel like the, too much. No, it's, it's too much, annoying. man. And now Elon Musk, the richest person in the world, gets on Saturday Night Live and they start bitching about it. Like, come on, man. Give me a break. They, first of all, right. Elon Musk actually has a sense of humor. And he's like a funny dude. Did you ever see him with Jack Ma? Like up on stage with Jack Ma? No. It's cringeworthy because Elon keeps making jokes and Jack Ma does not understand that they're jokes. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're shitty jokes, but he's not a comedian. But at least he's trying. You know what I mean? And Jack Ma's up there saying nonsense, like total nonsense. Uh, Jack Ma's the CEO of uh, Alibaba, like the Amazon equivalent in, in China. Okay, got it. Yeah, one got of the world's America. richest men. And uh, him and Elon are up on stage together, and Elon's like making t- making jokes that, yeah, these stiffs don't understand. And don't get me wrong, okay. I don't know, dude. I, I that's my thing. Any writer who's complaining about having a world famous guest who's also the richest man on the planet on as a host, you're not doing your job. Give the guy something funny no. to say. Stop complaining about who's on. Yeah, dude, Trump was on there. I mean, people, just how many of the musical artists have a history? It's like, shut the, you know. Yeah. Very Fiona annoying. Apple, it's all very annoying. Didn't she rip up a picture of the Pope? <laughs> I mean, wasn't that, isn't that a statement? Yeah. Like, that's kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's political. It's got to be somewhat political, but it's also definitely a religious statement. Like, but dude, you know, I'm Catholic. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, oh, that's that's hilarious. You know, anything that's creating controversy or getting people to watch, that means you get to keep your job, writer person. Like, yeah, right. write some comedy. I don't know. What do you think? 
No, I'm with you, man. I I mean, like to a point, obviously there's things that bother me too, but uh, when it comes to them just hosting a sketch comedy show, it's, I don't I don't care. I, I don't care. You know? you, dude, comedy, in my opinion, is the best because you can do anything with it. So if you have a a person on that you disagree with, which is bound to... Dude, James Woods, I think he's a piece of shit human. I think politically he's an asshole, and I think he's a piece of shit, and I want to put him as the intro of the show. You know, right. I don't agree with the guy politically, but I want him saying yeah. good morning, boys, every <laughs> every hell yeah, every beginning yes. of every show. My point is this: like, if you disagree with Elon Musk, then write a skit about it and make it in. Mm -hmm. You you got to fold it into your art. That's all. You just got to build it into your art, rather than trying to build your art around it. Yeah. So. That's my whole, I don't know. I read that and I was like, cool. dude, fuck these writers. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Would Chris Farley who, give a shit? <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. There's just some, I mean, people that like these, like conservative people who can't stand Hollywood uh, and actors and like, they just can't appreciate their work. It's like, I mean, unless you're, you're committing some crimes, like just cause you're a flaming liberal doesn't mean I can't watch a Leo DiCaprio movie, you know? Ah, anyway. Yeah. G good morning, boys. <laughs> all <laughs> right. That dad over there, that good morning boy is at Pike Taylor Radio on all social media. Make sure you give him a follow. He's a great dude. I am at Sparks Radio. Go ahead. Sound off. Yell at me over there on all social media. Uh, I don't think the committee's going to care. I think the committee cares about one thing and that's uh that's laughing and at the same time uh getting little nuggets of financial wisdom hopefully and, and that's awesome so if you got that today definitely hit the thumbs up button definitely hit subscribe if you could and if you really want to go above and beyond tell a friend about the show text them this link to this episode it'd be uh, of great help to us we really do appreciate it thank you for spreading the word numbers are going up so i see the committee i see you i see you spreading the spreading the word so thank you so much really do appreciate it. especially if someone's thinking about buying their first home or they're out there looking this is a great episode to send them kind of get the the wheels turning a little bit and uh that's it man any last words pike good morning boys those over motherfuckers now get out of here <laughs>